How's my hair looking okay? It's 10.30 p.m. already, which means it's time to record another episode of the Daily Audio Blog of Steven Sersky. Boom, shakalaka. What else are you going to do? Episode number 41, recorded gold is moving. Prigozhin is dead, or did he just make it look like it? Finger taps on a keyboard. Tough getting up this morning, but it's not just the rain. I think that workout hit me, folks. It is Thursday, August 24th, 2023. I'm Steven Sersky, and yes, you're Canadian expat in Beijing, although, you know, given the circumstances, and if you were wondering, Steve, are you ever a little bit self-conscious about talking about, like, East Slavic states and Ukraine and the things that are going on there? And I kind of go, yeah, you know what? Uh, given this recent day's events, um, what's his name? Victor Prigozhin? Prigozhin? Uh, is either dead or missing. <laughs> we, we don't know. No one knows. I'm sure someone does, but uh, they ain't saying because an airplane that was reported to have had him on board went kind of just outside of Moscow. Now, that's kind of crazy. I mean, uh, and you can see the YouTube clips if you like. Nothing too gruesome. There's nothing too bad out there. Uh, basically, uh, the shot. this plane was shot down out of the skies uh, apparently it was the russian missile uh defenses that shot it down and on board was the manifest the passenger manifest included 10 names and of them was uh victor victor progosian and progosian was this guy who was leading the wagner group a wagner group wagner group uh that was basically spearheading the pmc private military contracting war throughout ukraine and a couple months ago he uh, uh sort of rebelled against the russian brass the russian elites now, was he rebelling against Putin or against the others? Uh, it seemed like he had a bit of a fight against the other uh, military guys. So whether or not this was sanctioned from the top office or from the side offices, who knows? Who knows if the guy's even dead? I mean, this... So, James Bond, right, has made... And, like, Batman, all these heroes that sort of escape death-defying odds, has made the... Can you see the underworld... And the spy world seemed like a really, really cool. Then you sort of see stories like this and you go, you know, what? to live that life of being uh, constantly on the, on the lookout, you might think you're Mr. Man, but uh, you just can't let your guard down. And that one time you do, that's when they get you. Because that's, it's, I mean, I guess it's the same with any criminal. They, they, they might get away with it now, but down the line, the system doesn't stop, right? They might stop. Their mentality might change. The physical location might change. But the system that's in place to sort of keep people in check doesn't stop, whether or not it's a societal sort of agreement, a rich man's agreement, rich people's agreement, whatever. You kind of look at this and kind of go, ah. You know, would you want to live that life of a PMC? I'm sure they make lots of money and they, they live a good life while they're alive. But, like, what's the survival rate of being in that? You know, would you rather be an English teacher or a private military contractor? I mean, I guess for some people it's an easy choice. Other people, there is no choice because, honestly, you're going to pick up a, a gun? You're going to pick up a rifle? Good luck. I mean, those bullets coming back at you, they're not fake. Uh, so I was wa watching some footage here and the reason why i was looking at this is because there's this uh, this account saint javelin that i follow on uh instagram and they were posting uh some pics about this and of course youtube was rife with it uh as i woke up this morning which i mean different story but 
kind of difficult to get up. Not because of the story, but because of, I guess, that workout that I was doing yesterday it just got pushed back so late. But to wrap up this uh, Ukraine issue, the, the war that's going on in Ukraine, I mean, now that Prigozhin is gone, where does it go from here? I just don't know, I guess. The, um, the question is whether or not this the, the battle that's going on in Ukraine is a legit war of not, not just territory, but of like, like, are there animosities that need to be cleared through, basically? I, I mean, you ask any Ukrainian expat, diaspora or first generation, and basically the, the consensus is they just don't trust anything that Russia says. They just don't. Uh, Russians... Um, now, Russian expats are a different breed from those who are still living in Russia, and uh, I'm sure you can find these around uh, the world, people who never really traveled very much, who haven't lived anywhere else or studied anywhere else. It, it gets sort of, you know, well, what the Russian people, you go, well, can you speak for the entire geographic area of the, uh, the Russian people, or is it like one area that you know of? Now, I do know that Russians, uh, Ukrainians, um, even Polish, and like a lot of the East Slavic, the Slavic people, uh, a lot of the Europeans, but mostly, I've seen it more only because I'm familiar with the Ukrainian uh, ancestry of all. You know, blood runs deeper and thicker than water. So there, there's a familial bond that sort of goes on uh, that is, you don't really pick up on in the media. You only, you see the surface of it, but unless you go to some of these places and understand how they they deal with people in general. Um, it's kind of difficult to take what you see in the media as being the last word. It might be the word of the day to re to report on the surface. It's like it's like reporting a scratch on your your skin sort of thing. It's like, well, I have a scratch. Like, well, where did the scratch come from? What led up to the scratch? Would you like? Well, why was it like that in the first place? Sort of thing. So, long story short, and to cut the the uh, diet the digression a little bit uh, shorter. Um, Who's to say whether or not this is a defining moment in uh, the the battle, whether it's going to get better from here for both sides, if it's going to get worse, um, or is this, you know, I guess there's no, the, I think the consensus is that we are living in historical times. I think almost that much is fair to say that when people look back at, history in 20, 30 years, even 10 years from now, they're going to look back at this period, the early 2020s, as being one of the most defining moments of world history. Now, you can talk about Trump, you can talk about COVID, you can talk about the rise of China, uh, Xi Jinping, you can talk about Putin, but I'll tell you, all those are hot keywords, aren't they? I mean, this episode's going to get dinged by all the chat GPTs out there. But I'll tell you, in 10 years, this decade is going to be amongst the most phenomenal periods of history. I don't think we know how this is going to play out. And if there is a war going on, we're talking like, if it's a proper war, and again, is it like, you know, bloodline animosity that has to be taken care of in Russia and Ukraine? Or is it something else? Like, if it's just political, you kind of think it's going to run its course a lot quicker. But if it's deeper than that, you kind of wonder how much longer this could go on. Like, are we talking this is going to breed animosity for years to come? Again, 10 years from now, 
I think we are looking, we're, we're living in historical times. It might not be like the same uh, as, you know, Oppenheimer, the invention of the atomic bomb. No, I don't think it's that big because that changed how the understanding of what people could do to like, not just destroy stuff, but create because the, the atomic bomb wasn't a, was a creation of sorts. They'd never seen that sort of mass beforehand. And what are we seeing now? I mean, we're seeing awesome globalization. We're able to get words and pictures and images and sounds from around the world at, at, at light speed, if closely anyway. I mean, it's it's a phenomenal time to be alive. I, I very much appreciate it. And uh, seeing these... These reports about uh, Victor Prigozhin, again, uh, is it a turning point? Uh, very, very tough to say, very tough to sort of analyze at the moment. Uh, do I regret not going to Ukraine this summer? No, I don't. Uh, not at all. I, I had to go back to Canada. I had to see uh, people there. Uh, I did not want to be spending time vacationing when I was on a trip and on a mission to see friends and family back in Canada. Anyway, with that being said, folks, um, episode number 41 of my uh, big cast, so the Stephen Sturkey podcast, uh, has been recorded. I had uh, my guest over again today, a returning guest. Uh, he is in town for only a short little bit, and he, I think he leaves next week, I think, but uh, he made time out of his busy schedule uh, to come on over and uh, yick the yak a little bit. Shorter episode, only 90 minutes. You'll be happy. It's only 90 minutes, uh, so hopefully I'll have that. Uh, within the next couple of weeks, of course, uh, episode number 40 was recorded last week, last Friday, so i got two episodes to work on, uh, and I don't really have anybody in mind for episode number 42 just yet, so if you have someone in mind, you know, think about us, uh, shoot me a message, and uh, we can uh, see what we do, but i got to get these two episodes uh, going, I've got the files getting transferred as we as we speak, uh, and uh, I will start working on these, if not, well, yeah, definitely, well, I've been working on them already, Tomorrow night, Friday night for sure. Saturday, apparently I've got an invite to go to uh, CBD Craft Beer Fest. Um, might pop by for a bit, but before that, I will certainly get some work done as well. And then also Sunday, if my brain allows it. Yes, I will, because Saturday night cannot be a go-hard night because i got to work on Sunday doing this other stuff. Speaking of which, moving. Gold moving. WTF, if you're not following this. Now, gold has been a laggard. And by that I mean, it hasn't been moving seasonally as it usually has. And that's usually an indication that once it changes, it shoots up like diametrically opposite sort of thing. So it typically it bottoms in like June, July, and then from July to the beginning of August, it just go, it shoots up. It goes almost parabolic, but it goes up high enough that you're kind of like, oh, I got to buy some. And then typically people don't buy it until it's in the news headlines, when which is sort of a tough time to buy. You want to be kind of maybe lightening up on your positions and selling some of them, uh, those things, or buying some insurance uh, on your your gold, your digital gold positions. It's been turning up. And I've been watching the Chinese stock market. And the, the gold stocks turned around about two days ago here in China. They didn't turn around until just yesterday in North America. And I see the price of gold basically has, it looks like it's developing a bit of a bottoming formation. And if you follow along for a while, you've known, I've, I've talked about the interrelationship of the US dollar, gold, and also bonds. Now, I haven't looked at bonds or, or the yields of the US bonds, but interest rates have been going up. US dollar has been going up. 
which means gold have been going down. Now, gold is usually a safe haven uh, play. For better or worse, whether or not it's directly correlated, it works or not, I'll, I can tell you over the last three or four years, particularly in China, the price of gold has gone up. That is to say, if you had bought gold in Chinese renminbi three or four years ago, you'd be up, I think it's about 170 renminbi per gram. So when I first when I returned to China back in 2017-2018, the price was trading around 300 renminbi per gram. And now I saw it top at 475, but it dropped down to 472. So you think of that return and how much money you had back in 2017 or 2018. And of course, the pandemic there kind of screwed up savings quite a bit. But how much you would have returned or earned in that time just by letting your, your money sit in gold. Whether or not you buy like actual physical uh, bars of gold or you have it at the, the bank. Not so much the digital certificates. The digital certificates haven't gone up as much. Then again, I didn't check those back uh, in 2017. I was more looking at the physical price of gold, price of physical gold back in 2017-2018. So since then, 2018 to 2023, over the last five years, the price of gold priced in renminbi has gone up 170 renminbi per gram. What else has done that? Nothing. Sure, the health tech stocks went parabolic. Changchun Gaoxin is one that comes to mind. Uh, some of the software stocks went high and then crashed. Coal stocks went huge last year, have crashed. Oil stocks, of all things, Sinopec uh, and Chinese oil and energy stocks, they've done okay, still paying dividends as well, but they are also still still there. They're still in operation, and they, their prices are going up. So, uh, that, those are the two sectors that I see that are going on. Oh, uh, travel stocks had a bit of a bump earlier this month, but uh, not too much. Uh, it sort of seems to have uh, fizzled off uh, a little bit. So all that being said, Chinese gold, Chinese oil, those are the two ones, are, or Chinese energy, I should say, uh, but not solar, not renewables. This is like old school oil and gas sort of plays that seem to be uh, uh, making the moves in the Chinese markets. No matter what your stance on climate change is, the fact is, is that when the lights go out in a, you know, in Ethiopia, you're gonna have a gas running generator, a gas generator, gas powered generator, keeping your internet alive so you can keep on blogging about your vegan climate change or whatever it is. Honestly, yes, I can't help but say that I, I heard this back in Canada about the climate change and, uh, you know, the, the cows that, <laughs> the massive agriculture and stuff like that. But then you go travel and you talk to people from around the world and it's just very hard to accept that fossil fuels are going to be, are, are going to end anytime soon or that they should be replaced. Anyway, digression for another time. Oh, tough getting up this morning, I can tell you. Yesterday I did uh, my workout later on in the evening because we did work the 12 hours or whatever it was. Didn't finish my workout until 9.30 this morning. Could not get up and going. It was raining this morning though. It's cooled down substantially in Beijing over the last week, basically since about Saturday, well, even late last week, raining a little bit, cloudy, a lot cooler, not sweater season just yet because it's still warm and humid enough that you're kind of like, oh, it's pleasant, but it was raining this morning uh, and it was uh, quite nice out. I, I didn't actually go out very much because it took me, I didn't get out of bed until seven. 
I was just done. I was, I'm lying there going, oh my goodness, this is insane. Like, uh, I'm so tired. Uh, not even, not sleepy tired, but like my, my body just doesn't want to move. I just don't want to get up. Part and parcel or part of the, the equation was that part of the problem was that I knew that as soon as I got up, and if I went for my walk, I did my Chinese characters, I come back, do my stretches, like it was the regular routine, the regular schedule that I have for every workday. And I love this schedule because it's very productive and it's very efficient. It's leveraged to the hilt. It's awesome. Wonderful. But then after work, I knew that I was going to have to sit down and record my next big podcast. And so it would require me from going from work mode to conversational, jovial conversation mode, which sounds, you know, well, but Steve, you I mean you seem kind of like a happy guy, a nice guy, whatever. Maybe not a nice guy, but, you know, you seem happy enough. I mean, yeah, it's true. But there's times when it's like you, you feel it and you're going, I need those days where you just back off, don't do anything. Like, luckily, Tuesday. Tuesday was a bit of a day off for me, which was great. No classes. Uh, girlfriend wasn't here. Didn't have any extra work or anything. So it was... I did have extra work on Tuesday. Anyway, but it wasn't that bad. I could take my time. Whereas Wednesday, uh, double workouts, got to get them both in, got to go for a run at lunchtime. Like it adds a little bit of pressure. And I have thought, I've talked about this before, you know, could I change up my workouts? Uh, could I, you know, modify them somehow so they're not so, I don't know, routine or whatever? It just seems to work the way it is. Now, the one change I can sort of see maybe possibly going forward, uh, like on Fridays, instead of running four miles before doing the 100 pull-ups, I might just go run the one mile, do all the pull-ups, push-ups, and squats, run another mile, then come back, and then that's it. Like not do the full-on extended workout that I've been doing for so long on Fridays. And then, of course, they'll do the, uh, the weight workouts uh, after, uh, after work on Fridays. I do like the split. I like the cardio weightlifting split. You do car mostly cardio, uh, which consists of like running, skipping, doing like uh, you know body weight workouts, and then after work, hitting the weights, the kettlebells, whether it's the 14, 20, or 28 Ks that I got, things like that. So it's a it's a good split that works so far. Uh, I I've, I'm having a hard time sort of justifying and finding another way to like modify the schedule. There just doesn't seem to be another sort of efficient better method of doing it. So, hey, if you got any suggestions, let me know. I mean, don't tell me to go work out in the, the hills or the, the, the treetops, because, I mean, I'd, it's like, like don't Rocky this stuff, because uh, where Rocky was training, I don't think you can get to very easily these days, uh, but uh, I think he was training in the Far East Slavic state that continues. Anyway, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, thank you uh, very much for uh, listening. I appreciate it. Show us some tracks up on my website, stevensersky.com. Uh, and, of course, uh, I guess it's going to be Friday night. Uh, yeah, Friday night's off, but Saturday, CBD Fest. Thinking about going for sure. Uh, and uh, if I see you out there, great. Say hi. If, uh, hey, maybe maybe uh, you'll be on the podcast. Too. Maybe if, if we remember, if we're not slurring our speech too much, right? Because I do actually work all day Saturday. Won't be at the CBD Beer Fest until later on in the evening. All right, folks? Again, thank you very much for uh, listening. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, show notes and tracks on stevensersky.com. We'll do this again. And remember, broccoli and mustard and carrots and mustard are awesome. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.